Well, um, I'm so thankful for Brother Jeremy last week. He covered for me while we were gone, and uh, he talked to you about two people. Who, what two people did he talk about? Oh, wow. I thought Jeremy covered for me. I, well, actually, I know he did because I watched him on the live stream. So he talked about two people last week in the Old Testament. A young man named Joshua who had a position of leadership. And then a lady named Rahab who had an act of leadership. Thank you. I just have to stir the pot, right? It's been sitting for a week. I just had to stir it a little bit. Joshua and Rahab. Leslie, thank you for reminding me of that. Um, but, but what I love, what I love about what Brother Jeremy shared with you last week is he shared with you a core truth that I've been telling you every week. And that is this. Every single one of us have the capacity in us to lead in some sort of way. Some of us will be called to positions of leadership. We will have people that we serve and people that we lead. And then some of us, it will just be an act of leadership. Maybe it's an act of leadership in our home. Maybe it's an act of leadership in our workplace, at our church, uh, somewhere in the community. But no matter what, position or act, if you have been given the capacity to lead by God, then it matters. It's important, right? And so even though Rahab's name is only mentioned a couple of times in Scripture, and Joshua's got an entire book, right, written about him, their leadership was equal. Their leadership was equal. One had a position, one had an act, and both of those positions and acts made an eternal difference, a kingdom difference. And so over these past few weeks, what we've been doing is we've been having this conversation about biblical leadership. What is biblical leadership? What does biblical leadership look like? And so we talked at the very beginning that God created us in His image. And in creating us in His image, He gifted us uh, like Himself. He gave us qualities, abilities, talents, gifts, whatever you want to call it. He made us like Him. And so He gave us all a capacity to lead. And leadership, I told you this early on, but I do want to remind you, when you look at leadership, the definition of leadership, it is all about influence, impact, right? Influence and impact. Having influence where you are with who's in front of you. Having an impact where you are and with who is in front of you. Leadership is all about influence and impact. But tonight, I want to remind you of the most important truth about biblical leadership, I told you I would tell you this every time I got up here to preach on this, and that is this, biblical leadership is always about doing what? Glorifying God. I'm going to wear you out with that, right? I I hope that you're just walking around telling yourself that, going, why did Brother Jeff say that so much? Because it's true. Biblical leadership, if you want to be a biblical leader, then you better be about glorifying God. Not glorifying self, not glorifying anything or anyone else, but glorifying God. That's what biblical leadership is all about. We've seen this throughout the Old Testament, and as we dig into the New Testament tonight, we're going to continue to see that. So, so far in the Old Testament, we've talked about people like Abraham, we've talked about people like Joshua, and people like Rahab. 
But what we're going to see moving forward, especially now that we're about to dig into the New Testament, we can't talk about biblical leadership without talking about Jesus. Okay, when it comes to biblical leadership, the most important person, and really the only person we have to look at is Jesus. That's what biblical leadership is all about. It's all about Jesus. And what we're going to do is we're going to listen to His words. We're going to look at His life over these next few weeks. Because tonight, and and I'm going to tell you, tonight is very important. Uh, It's important for me as a pastor, right? A position of leadership. But it's just as important for anybody. Whether you have a position in the church or a position at work. Or whether it's just acts of leadership, right? Tonight is very important. I want to share with you two truths, right? These two truths are foundational when it comes to biblical leadership and looking at Jesus. Two truths. Number one, to lead like Jesus, we have to be with Jesus. To lead like Jesus, we have to be with Jesus. And what I'm going to show you, it kind of bleeds into... The next truth, I'm not talking about one moment or one Bible study or one book, right, that we read at some point. I'm not talking about that. What I'm talking about is consistent presence with God. So that truth, to be to lead like Jesus, means we have to be with Jesus, leads to the second truth. And that is this, being with Jesus is not merely about information. It is about life-changing relationship. So I can sit here and say, hey, go read Dr. Tony Evans' book, or go read you know, Dr. David Jeremiah's book, or go read Ken Peck's book. I've got a lot of people when it comes to leadership. I read a lot of those books. And I do glean a lot of information. But here's the thing. If all I'm doing is gleaning information... I'm not really going to set myself up to be a great biblical leader. Because to be a great biblical leader, i got to lead like Jesus. And to lead like Jesus, i got to be with Jesus. And so it's more than just information about Jesus. It's relationship with Jesus. Consistent relationship with Jesus. And so if you want to be a good leader, this is where it starts, right? This is where it starts. Leading like Jesus means being with Him. Now you might say, well, Brother Jeff, can you show me Scripture that proves that? I absolutely can. Thank you for asking. (laughs) Mark chapter 3. Mark chapter 3. One of my favorite passages in the Bible. Um, I've got so many Bibles on my desk. Week before last, I was thinking to myself, I wonder how many of these Bibles have I circled, highlighted, or underlined this passage. So I went and opened every single Bible that I have around my desk and even behind my desk. I've got some on a shelf. And every single Bible in my office, I have this passage circled, highlighted, notes. This passage means so much to me. So let's read it. Mark chapter 3. And I'm going to read kind of the whole passage, uh, 13 through 19. I'm really focusing on 13, 14, and 15. But I'm going to read it all the way through 19. So let's begin in verse 13. It says, Jesus went up on a mountainside and called to himself those he wanted 
and they came to him. He appointed twelve that they might, what are those next three words? Be with him. See, I'm not just making this stuff up. It says he appointed twelve that they might be with him and that he might send them out to do what? Preach and to have authority. Have authority to do what? To drive out demons. And these are the twelve he appointed. Simon, to whom he gave the name Peter. Uh, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. To them he gave the name Boerges, which means sons of thunder. Uh, Verse 18, Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. So those are the twelve disciples. So, I want to focus on those first few verses, 13, 14, and 15. Now, I love verse 13, because verse 13 says Jesus called to himself those he wanted. Do you see that? It doesn't say he called to himself those he needed, because let me just tell you the truth. Jesus don't need me. He can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants, however he wants. It's called sovereignty. He's got it. I don't. Jesus don't need me. And I hate to bust your bubble, but Jesus don't need you. Okay? You know what's better than needing? Wanting. To me, that's better. Right? To me, that's even more magnified. Jesus wanted these disciples. And if he's called you into a position of leadership, or if he's shown you and called you to an act of leadership, it's because he wanted you. He wanted you. So think about that for a minute, right? Hey, listen, to, you know, I need to eat food. And, and sometimes a, a ham slider is fine, but I'm going to tell you something. I don't want a ham slider. I want, I want a 20-ounce ribeye. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I want a Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich, spicy, right, with some pickles on it and maybe even some bacon, right? There's a difference between what you need and what you want. Jesus wanted them. I like to start there uh, because that's just so powerful to me. Jesus wanted these 12, and why did he want them? To be with him. And that's the phrase that I want us to work with tonight. That's the phrase that I want us to look at tonight when it comes to biblical leadership. So here's what I want you to see. Number one, to be with him means to listen, to listen to him. He is going to speak, and when he speaks, you have to hear what he says. You have to listen with the intent of digesting it and using it. Jesus told them in Mark chapter 1 that the time has come. He goes on and tells them that he came to preach the good news. He came to preach the kingdom of God. He tells them he came to preach a message of repentance and belief. He also told them in Mark chapter one, chapters 1 and 2 that he would send them out to fish for people. So, so Jesus told them all kinds of things. He told them many things. And, and being with him meant they had to listen to what he said. How many times have you ever asked this question? What is my purpose? Have you ever asked that question? Have you ever asked that question? What is my purpose? Why am I here? What am I supposed to do? Well, if you're asking that question, I'm going to tell you, 
God's got an answer for you. God's not going to keep that from you. I promise you. He's not going to keep that from you. When you read God's Word, He wants you to know who you are. And He wants you to know your purpose. And I'll go ahead and tell you. I can tell you what your purpose is because I've read the Bible and I know you have too. Your purpose is to glorify God. That's your purpose. Your purpose is to glorify God in every way, in every place you are. How you talk, how you walk, how you live, how you love. Your purpose is to glorify God. And there are many other purposes that God gives you. Uh, They fall under the umbrella of glorifying God. And that's what Jesus was doing. Jesus was speaking to the disciples. He was telling them who he was, why he was, and what he was going to do. And he was telling them who they were and what they were going to do. So to be with him means to listen to him. But not only that, to be with him means to look at him, to see him. So before this passage in Mark chapter 3, Jesus, he spoke words of truth for them to hear, but he also moved and worked and revealed God's heart to them by touching other people. In Mark chapter 1, Jesus went to people who were hurting and he healed them, like Simon's mother-in-law, right? He went to Simon's mother-in-law and healed her. He showed them what to do. They had to look at him to see his compassion and his willingness to help, to act. And he did that so that they could see it. Not only that, Jesus, it says, went to a man with leprosy and healed him. When no one else could, guess what? Jesus could. He was showing them who he was. He wasn't just telling them. He was showing them who he was. So to be with Jesus means they had to listen to what he had to say and they had to look at him, to see him live that word out loud. Being with him also means to watch him pray. How many times did they see him go up on a mountainside to pray, right? They may not have heard the prayers, and sometimes they did, but sometimes they didn't. Sometimes Jesus went up himself and spent some time alone with God. And if they had their eyes on him, right, if they were looking at him, then they would know. They would know who he is and what he was doing. And so Jesus, he moved toward the Father and with the Father, and he moved toward people and with people. His intent was, right, to glorify God with his words and with his actions. That was his intent, always. Glorify God. Glorify the Father. Lift high the Father. And so if they heard Jesus and they saw Jesus, right, it's going to help them do the same. It's going to help them Do the same. What did I say? To lead like Jesus, you have to what? Be with Him. And if you're with Him, then you can listen and you can look. Not only that, to be with Him means to trust Him and to depend upon Him. To be with Him means to trust Him And depend upon Him. Well, Brother Jeff, where did that come from? That came from Mark chapter 3, verses 13, 14, and 15. See, any power and any authority that we have to do anything in the kingdom and for the kingdom, where does it come from? It comes from Him, right? Any power, any authority 
that we have to do anything in the kingdom or for the kingdom, it comes from Jesus. Because Jesus said he wanted them to come and be with him so that he might what? So that he might send them out to preach and to have authority. So in other words, if they just went out on their own, what good is their preaching and what kind of authority are they going to have? None. It has to come from Jesus. It was very specific. Jesus said, I want you to come and just be with me. I want you to listen to what I have to say. I want you to look at me. I want you to see how I live. Why? So that I can send you out to preach the gospel that I'm preaching. So that I can send you out to have authority, right? And look, he was very specific. He said, I'm going to give you authority to drive out demons. So he was very specific with these disciples. And as we see throughout the Gospels, and as we see throughout the New Testament, Jesus empowers them and enables them to do so much more, right? He, he even said, guys, it, it is for your good that I go because the, the Father is going to give to you the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, and you're going to do even greater things. Think about what Jesus told them with his words and showed them with his life. What was Jesus doing with these 12 disciples, I'll tell you what he was doing. It's called biblical leadership. He, he was raising up leaders to go out and do ministry. That's what he was doing. He, he was changing lives by building leaders. Isn't that incredible? And I'm going to tell you, God's still doing that today. God is still raising up and calling up leaders today in churches, right? To do what? To go out and lead like Jesus. But to lead like Jesus, you have to be with Jesus. And so I told you I was going to stay on that phrase, right? Be with Him. So in Mark chapter 3, we see that being with Him means we listen, we look, we trust, and we depend. Everybody with me? So let's take that phrase, be with Him, a step further. Go to John chapter 15. If you were here Wednesday night a week ago, and I want to thank Brother Wayne for, for filling in for me this past Wednesday, but if you were with me a week ago, I read this same passage uh, in our Taming the Tongue series on Wednesday nights. This is a very important passage of Scripture, especially when we talk about the phrase, be with Him. What does that mean? Well, let's look at it. John chapter 15, verses 4 through 8. And I'm going to say a word over and over again, Okay. It's probably in your Bible, but it'll be on the screen. And I'm going to start with it. Verse 4, remain. That's a word I'm going to say over and over again. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. That's Jesus. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain, you see that word? Pretty important, isn't it? If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Don't you love that promise? That's a promise. You will bear much fruit. It's not you might. No, you will. You will bear much fruit. And then he says this, apart from me, you can do what? Nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Verse 6, 
If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain, there it is again, in me, and look at this, my what? My words. What was one of the very first things I said? Be with him means to what? Listen to him. In other words, his words don't just go in your ears. They go in your heart and your mind. He says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, here's another promise. Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. So let me back up. Mark chapter 3, I said to be with him means to listen to him, to look at him, to trust him, and to depend upon him. And now when we attach that passage to John chapter 15, these verses 4 through 8, to be with him means to remain in him and he in you. How many times did we say that word remain? We said it at least eight times, right? In just four or five verses, eight times, he says, remain, remain, remain. And he makes promises, right? If you remain in me, I remain in you. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, you can ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. And it'll be for my Father's glory. So that word remain, let me give you the definition. Merriam-Webster does a good job with this definition. I gave it to my, my Wednesday night crowd a couple of weeks ago, so I'll give it to you. The word remain, it means to stay. To stay. Do you, do you hear me? To stay in the same place or with the same person. That's what remain means. To stay in the same place or stay with the same person. It means to continue. And another word, it means to abide. Some of our ladies that have gone on the retreats, you wear those shirts all the time and I love them. And big, in a big word, it says abide on your shirts. I love that. Look at that. You got one on, girl. Abide. I started looking around. I was like, surely somebody's got one. Front row, front center. Abide. That's what it means. So what is, what is Jesus talking about? When he says remain, 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 some versions say abide, abide, abide. What is he talking about? I'll tell you what he's talking about. He's talking about consistency. That's what he's talking about. He's talking about consistency. He's talking about staying, staying with him, staying with his word. That's what he's talking about. And so to be, to be with him means to remain, right, in him and He in you. Not only that, we see a great promise, and, and, and I'm going to flesh this out for you. To be with Him means to stay connected, right? He talked about being a vine and a branch. He's talking about connection. What, what's, our, what's our motto at Start Baptist Church? It's connected. Connected with God and connected with one another. I, it's been that for three years, right? It'll keep being that until God tells me something else. But I see it in Scripture everywhere. To be with Him means to stay connected to Him. And there's a purpose, right? So that you can produce much fruit. Don't miss that little word, much, because He says it twice. Not just fruit, but much fruit. So to be 
him means to stay connected to him so that you can produce much fruit. And what's the purpose? He says, it's for my father's what? Glory. Yeah, it's for, it's for the glory of God. It's God's glory. So our true, it, it, again, I, I, I hate to make it so easy and so simple, but it is <laughs> easy and simple. But Jeff, what's my purpose? If you ever ask me that, I'm going to answer it this way. Your purpose is to glorify God. And if that's not enough for you, I'm going to tell you, sorry. Let me show you the scriptures. I'll, I'll find you scripture after scripture after scripture where it says, you are to glorify me. You are to glorify me. Your words should glorify me. Your actions should glorify me. Your purpose is to glorify God. I, I love it. We had a men's retreat. We've, we've had quite a few of them, and I can't remember which one it was. But I do remember Johnny B. Hoychek was our spiritual director of this retreat. And you know what he started with? I know Joey does because he's nodding his head. You know what he started with? He said, men, let me tell you your purpose. Your purpose is to glorify God. And I mean, he shared scripture after scripture after scripture, Old Testament, New Testament, where it just magnified our purpose. So our true overriding purpose in this life is to glorify God with our words and with our actions. And what did Jesus say? Jesus said, if he remains in us and his words remain in us, right? then we'll be on the same page. And when we pray, we'll pray in such a way that what we ask, right, God will hear us and grant us because it'll bring Him glory. Some people like to take this verse out of context and say, oh, I can ask God for whatever I want and He'll just give it to me. That is not what it says. That is not what it says. You have to read it in context. What it says is, you'll be on the same page with God through Jesus Christ and you'll pray for things that glorify God. And God's going to give you those, He's going to give you those opportunities. He's going to give you, He's going to grant you those requests. Matter of fact, I love what, what Dr. Tony Evans says. He talks about the branch, right? Jesus said, I am the vine, and you are the branches. One thing about leadership, and I, I said this way back, and I, I might put this in a, in a form of a booklet, and that way you'll have it, but I said this way back. One of the best qualities of a great leader is that he or she is a great follower first. One of, the, one of the great qualities of a leader is that he or she is a great follower first and he or she never stops following. If you ever stop following God, you're not a good leader. Not a, not a good biblical leader anyway. And so I love this. Listen to what Dr. Tony Evans says. He says a branch that is disconnected from the vine is completely useless. Think about that for a second. A branch that is disconnected from the vine is completely useless. You know what that means? You can take all the information and all the education and all the experience. You can take all that stuff. But if you're not connected with Jesus, guess what kind of kingdom impact it's going to have? Nothing. Nothing. You know what happens to all that education and all that experience and all those titles when you're disconnected from Jesus? He says it's a branch that gets thrown on the ground and what happens to it? It withers. And then they come along and pick it up and what do they do? Throw it in the fire. So don't talk to me about all your education and all your experience and all your positions apart from Jesus. 
Because guess what it's worth? Nothing. And I'm speaking to Brother Jeff too. I can keep going and getting more degrees. I can keep doing all of that stuff. And I'm not saying those things are bad. Don't misinterpret me. I'm not saying, I'm not saying oh, experience, blah, education, blah, information, blah. No, I'm saying apart from Jesus, none of that is worth anything. Right? Disconnected from the vine means completely useless. That's what Dr. Tony Evans says. Here's what he says. It cannot produce fruit that way. The branch can't produce fruit apart from the vine. When the branch is taken away from the vine, no more fruit. But as long as the branch is in the vine, guess what it can do? It can produce much fruit. Not just little, but much fruit. Here's what he says, Dr. Tony Evans. Jesus is in us and his word is in us. We must chew on it and internalize it until it becomes a part of us. Then our prayers get answered. That is when we maintain intimate fellowship with God through Jesus and through his word. He said, you want to talk about powerful prayers and powerful prayer warriors? Those are people who are connected with God. On the same page with God Praying to glorify God. And that's why there's so much power, right? So much power in prayer. is when we're praying, one heartbeat, one mind, one voice. And that is to glorify God. So to be with Him, Mark chapter 3, it means to listen to Jesus. It means to look at Jesus. It means to trust Jesus, to depend upon Him. John chapter 15, to be with Jesus means to remain, right? To stay in Him and He in you. It means to be connected to Him. Why? So that we can produce much fruit for whose glory? Start Baptist churches? No, for God's glory. Now watch this. Another incredible passage of Scripture. And it's hard for me to not talk about it. When I talk about just being with Jesus. And I find it no coincidence. No coincidence that Brother Andy and the praise team ended our worship this morning with a song called Nothing Else. Listen to this. Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet doing what? Listening to what He said. How powerful is verse 39 after you've looked at Mark chapter 3 and John chapter 15? How powerful is that verse? She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what He said. I wish that's kind of where the story ended, but it doesn't. Because look at verse 40. But Martha was, what's the word? Distracted. Anybody in here ever had a problem with distraction? Is anybody in here, do you kind of live like a squirrel? Right? And what I mean by squirrel is you this way and that way and this way and that way, and then you just don't know which way you are, and then you turn around, I don't even know how to get home. Like, we have a squirrel mentality, don't we? We get distracted by so many things, 
It's not always bad. Sometimes we're distracted by good things, and so they become bad because we get distracted. Look at verse 40. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. Not bad things, right? Good things. Think about Martha's heart. She opened her home to the Lord, right? She's showing hospitality. She has good intention. But don't miss what verse 40 says. She was distracted by those good things. She was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. And so she came to him, and and at first she asked. Right? It says, she asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? That's the question. But quickly the question turns into a what? A statement. A command. Because look what she says. Tell her to help me. Anybody ever been there before? Anybody ever prayed like that before? Where you were telling God what to do for you? Like you knew better than God did? I'm not here to hammer Martha. What I'm here to do is say, I identify with her. I identify with her. Tell her to help me. And look at verse 41 and verse 42. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things. Worried and upset about preparations. Worried and upset about good intentions and good things. (laughs) But few things are needed. Or indeed, only one. Martha has chosen what is better. Don't miss that. He didn't say, oh, you've, you've done some bad things. He said, Martha has chosen what is better. And it will not. Don't you love this? It will not be taken from her. So in other words, he tells Martha, no, I will not tell her. <laughs> right? Mary. Yeah, did I say Martha? Anyway. See how good I am? The names get mixed up all the time. You know what I'm talking about. If you got your Bibles open, then you're on okay, you're, you're on par, right? But anyway, he basically tells her, no, I'm not going to tell her to stop because what she's doing is better, right? The one thing that is needed, she's doing it. So, so let me tell you what to be with him means when I look at this passage, right? And again, I'm, I'm stuck on this phrase, to be with him. What does that mean, Brother Jeff, to be with him? It means to listen to him. It means to look at Him. It means to trust Him. It means to depend upon Him. It means to remain in Him and He in me. It it means to stay connected, right? So that I can bear much fruit. Not just get by, but bear much fruit so that I can glorify God because that's my purpose. But it also means that I have a choice. To be with Him is a choice that you have to make each day. Again, did it say Jesus in Mark chapter 3? Did it say Jesus made the 12 come up on the mountain with him? No. It said Jesus called to him. In other words, he invited them. So what did they have to do? They had to choose to go up on that mountain with him. When when Martha opened her home, 
right? When Martha opened her home, I try to visualize this in my head, like before Jesus got there. You know, I just, I, I visualize two sisters kind of piddling around, kind of doing their thing, make sure the chairs are straight. And then Jesus walks through the door and Martha's still doing her thing. And Mary's like, I mean, like, she just stops everything, right? She stops all the important stuff, the good stuff, and just drops down at his feet to listen to what he had to say. She made a choice. So, so remember, we're talking about remaining. We're talking about abiding, right? We're talking about consistency. So what gets in the way? What gets in the way of me remaining with Jesus? What gets in the way of me abiding with Jesus? Yeah, ourselves. Say it again. Life. Distractions. Tell me some things that you get distracted by in life. Anybody here get distracted by work? Anybody, any parents in here get distracted by children? Right? Any spouses in here get distracted by spouses? Right? I mean, we could go on and on, right? And again, I'm not here to say this is good, this is bad, this is good, this is bad, because here's the thing. If it distracts you from Jesus, if it distracts you from being with Jesus, it ain't good. You hear me? If the end result is to pull you away from Jesus, you're going to have to tell me how that's good. Okay? I didn't say it was a good thing or a bad thing. I'm just saying if the end result, right? If you being distracted pulls you away from being with Jesus so that you can hear Him, look at Him, trust Him, depend upon Him, connect with Him, and bear fruit for Him that glorifies God, you're going to have to tell me how that's good. Because that's your purpose. That's, that's my purpose. And so anything that pulls me away from the purpose of God and, and causes me to, to not be connected, to be disconnected, because what did Tony Evans say about being disconnected? Useless. Useless. What did Jesus say about the branch? It was torn away from the vine. It just falls to the ground, and what does it do? It withers. You know what that means? It means it dies. And then it's just thrown into the fire to be burned. Never to be used again. Distractions. We get distracted, don't we? We get distracted easily, don't we? So, so you, know, you know I love my running. I, I get up and I do a lot of running a lot of days. This past week, I was running. And I, I was, of course, I was running in some areas that I'd never really run before um, in Virginia. And so this past week, I got up and, and ran, and um, I was running, and I knew certain streets, and I got away from, from Leah's house and George's house, and, and I was counting the streets, and I got up to, I think they were at like 45th Street, and I was up to like 62nd Street. <clears throat> so I had not been paying attention to my watch, which had a map on it, okay? I was just running and, and watching cars and... Dogs and stuff like that. So anyway, my watch was like thumping on my wrist. And I was like, what in the world? And it said dead end. Dead end. And I looked up, and I looked up, and sure enough, there was like, what was I? What? I can't run that way. <laughs> There's a house in the way. Well, I can't move the house, so guess what I had to do? I had to look at my watch and look at the map, and I basically had to cross the street 
and, and keep going, but I had to cross the street, so I wouldn't, I, I just, I'll tell you what happened, I got distracted. I did. And it wasn't bad things, right? I mean, I, I saw a couple of little, little weenie dogs, and of course we love, my house, we got one, and we, I think we've had one ever since we've been married. But anyway, um, pretty little dogs, right? And, and, then, and then the sun's coming up, right? And it's beautiful. You know, I hear, I can hear the, the beach, the water. There's so many pretty things, right? Good things. But here's the thing. My purpose that day was not to look at this pretty thing or that pretty thing. It was to run. And it was to run a certain distance. And if I didn't pay attention to the map or to the thump on my wrist, like, hey, knothead, you got to turn left. Are you fixing to go in somebody's house and get arrested? Right? That's, that's life, isn't it? Like, we, we know we, we, we have this purpose, we have this destination, but we start looking to our left, and we start looking to our right, and we take some time off to do this over here, and then we take some time off to do this over here, and then we wonder why. We wonder why we're not experiencing the power of God in our lives. We wonder why we're not experiencing the authority of God in our lives. It's because we're not on the same page with God. It's because we've allowed the distractions to disconnect us from God. And that's what happens to so many leaders. Dr. David Jeremiah says this about Martha. Or he actually says this about us, using Martha as an example. He says, like Martha, people can get so consumed with doing what they think they should be doing that they miss what God wants them doing. You want me to read that again? Like Martha, people can be so consumed, get so consumed with doing what they think they should be doing that they miss what God wants them doing. Here's what he says. If there is anything more important than serving Jesus, it is simply being with Jesus. So I put this on your handout. Being with Jesus is more important than serving Jesus. I did not say serving Jesus is not important. What did I say? I said being with Jesus is more important than serving Jesus. Because here's the truth. The only way I'm truly going to know how to serve Jesus is to listen to Him and look at Him and trust Him and depend upon Him and be connected with Him. Right? That's the only way I'm truly going to know how to serve Him. I'm going to tell you, there are people out there today that are claiming Jesus and claiming they're doing this for Jesus and that for Jesus when in truth, <laughs> it's a lie. It's a lie. It's all about self. It's all about look at me. Put my name on a plaque. Put my name on a sign. Recognize me. Clap for me. And if you spend some time with Jesus, you'll find out real fast how to embrace obscurity. There's a book, Brother Jeremy and I. It's funny because when I went in to school at Louisiana College in my biblical studies class, I had to re I read a book called Embracing Obscurity. And then Brother Jeremy wound up taking the same class and brought that book in there and said, man, you got to read this. I said, man, I did. 
and I took two tests on it, and I'm not going to help you cheat. <laughs> he laughed at me. He said, no, I've already read it. It's good. It's a book called Embracing Obscurity. And what it means is it means to serve like Jesus, right? And to be like Jesus. And to be so caught up with Jesus that you forget your name. You just get so caught up with being with Jesus, right? And serving Jesus that you forget your name. You don't even care to hear it anymore. You don't even care to see it anymore. And that's a, that's a great place to be. That is a great place to be. That's where I want to be. That's where, I, that's where I'm striving to be. So, let me tell you the difference between Mary and Martha. I believe both love the Lord. I believe both demonstrated their love for the Lord. I believe they were both incredible women. But in this passage of Scripture, here's what happens. Mary listens to Jesus while Martha labors for Jesus. Mary listens to Jesus while Martha labors for Jesus. And what did Jesus say? He said, Mary chose better. Mary chose better. So I'm not making this up, right? To listen to Jesus is better than to labor for Jesus. Being with Jesus is better than serving Jesus. It's because the listening and the being will get you to the service. It'll get you to the labor. And, and so if we want to lead like Jesus, we have to consistently be with Him. If we want to lead like Jesus, we have to consistently be with Him. People ask me all the time, Brother Jeff, is it that important that I read my Bible daily? Well, I mean, do you eat every day? Do you drink anything during the day? I mean, if you're married, do you go a whole week without saying a word to your spouse? How does that work? Now, some of you wives are going, man, I wish my husband would shut up. Anyway, I'm speaking from experience. But anyway, right? But let's be honest, right? How good are those relationships when you don't communicate, right? How good is it for your body when you don't eat and you don't drink? That's not, that's not good for your body. You have to drink. You have to eat, right? So here's how important the Word of God is, right? If, if you're reading it every day, then it is in you. And when you get squeezed in this life, guess what's coming out? Whatever's in you. If you're full of Jesus, Jesus is coming out. If you're full of self, self's going to come out. We talked about this on Wednesday nights. People say, how could I say that? It's because that's what you've been thinking about. That's what you filled yourself up with. That's, how, that's why you said that. I can't believe I said it that way. You said it that way because that's where your heart is. I'm just telling you the truth. Whatever's inside is what's coming out. Whatever's in that cup. When it gets poured out, it's poured out with what was in it. It's either sweet tea or unsweet tea. I don't know which one. Right? Taste and see. And so if we want to be like, if we want to lead like Jesus, we have to be with Him. And what does that mean? I'm going to hammer it for you one more time. It means to listen to Him, look at Him, trust Him, depend upon Him, stay connected with Him so that you can bear much fruit to glorify God, right? It means to listen to Him first and labor for Him second. It means to be with Him first and serve Him second. That's why Mark chapter 3 
in verses 14 and 15, it says he wanted them to be with him and then he would do what? Send them out. Be with him and then send them out. If you're trying to find satisfaction with the Lord with service, you need to go back and read Mark chapter 3. How many times have you served, 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 and then quit because you were tired? Anybody ever been there? Nobody wants to raise a hand, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. We serve, 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 wear ourselves out, and then we just quit and say, I need a break. And, I, and look, I realize we get tired mentally, physically, emotionally, relationally. But sometimes I believe we get tired because we got things backwards. We got things out of order. To lead like Jesus, you have to be with Him. First and foremost. So what we're going to do over these next few weeks is we're going to keep looking at Jesus. And we're going to keep listening to Jesus so that we can learn how to be what? Biblical leaders. And what do biblical leaders always do? Always glorify God. Period. Glorify God. I'm not trying to glorify my house, my name, my church. I'm trying to glorify God. Period.